Welcome to God, Yay or Nay. I'm your host, Noor Kidwai. I'm here to find out how we grow, transform, and become our best selves. How we create meaning in our lives. Come join me on my journey. Welcome to another episode of God, Yay or Nay. This is your host, Noor Kidwai. Thanks for tuning in. My guest this week is Chris Griffin. Chris is a comedian, one of my good friends, and he just got back from Peru doing an ayahuasca retreat out there, and he has a great story for you guys. It's so much fun to listen to. I hope you enjoy. Please like and subscribe to the podcast. Give it a good rating. Check me out on Instagram at NoorKidWai, and we're part of the Comedy Here Often podcast network on 604 Records, so give them a check out too. Let's get into this week's episode, everyone. My guest this week, Chris Griffin. Welcome to another episode of God, Yay, or Nay. I'm here with my man, Chris Griffin, comedian, and my good friend. Chris, thanks for joining me, brother. What's up, Noor? Good uh, to be here, man. Hey, man. I'm, uh, I'm happy to have you on board. Uh, so you just went for a fucking ayahuasca journey to Peru. Uh, this is a place you went to. It's a place I went to in my first time, too. So I was so happy to hear that you wanted to get on board. Uh, we're going to have a cool story because I haven't heard your story yet. I wanted to save it for the podcast. So I, I want to uh, hear all about it. We're probably going to just get talking and loving and all that shit like we always do. But uh, uh, before we do that, let, let my audience know who you are, maybe a little bit about yourself, anything that uh, you think uh, is something that they should know about you. Yeah, I'm a comedian. Uh, start of, you know, we started, I think you started a little bit before me, but we've known each other, you know, 10 years in the scene, Canada, just touring around. So do stand-up comedy. Um, previous to that, I did some writing stuff. So, uh, you know, just, yeah, definitely into the arts and, and whatnot. And, um, yeah, touring comic. And uh, actually, before you were in the arts, you fucking were like some high-paid, like, financial dude, weren't you? And then, like, wasn't that like a life that you ended up like leaving because it was just you know it was just not you yeah i think so yeah i didn't need ayahuasca to blow all that up so yeah i think uh <laughs> before comedy yeah i would work for a publishing company and i kind of started my own business in uh uh copyright and permissions like just doing the legal contracts around publishing is where you say publish an anthology of poetry you need permission to publish all those things and, and contracts so i kind of started my own business in that and university toronto press higher education was like my main Thing. So I, I did handle theirs and then, uh, yeah, had a house out in the suburbs, but I was like 26 and I was like, man, this is so boring. <laughs> so I, uh, found comedy a little bit later, uh, just, I think when I was 30 or something like that. And that, that was, I was like, this is the thing I love. Like this is cause I would write before and that was great. And I went on tour with, uh, Tucker Max and way back in the day and did all this kind of crazy stuff throughout the whole United States. And I kind of saw that side of life where I'm like, Oh, you can like just have fun and, and you know, cool things happen. So I came back to Canada and, and started comedy uh, shortly after that, and and uh, yeah, I was like, this is just what I want to do because writing was great and you could express yourself, but the feedback was slow. Like you'd work for a year on a piece or months, and then maybe you put on the internet, you get some comments or an email, but comedy is instant, right? You tell the joke and people are like, that sucks, and you're like, all right, and then you go back and work on it. And <laughs> the next day they laugh. So I just was like in love with comedy right away. So yeah, I kind of went to work shortly after starting comedy. It was gave them a ton of notice like six months but I was just like oh I'm gonna stop doing all this stuff and uh yeah kind of just closed my laptop one day and didn't open it for 
ever again. I think that laptop, but just just stopped doing hey, everything. Man. Yeah, sold the house, toured the country, lost all my money, but uh, what a time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And honestly, though, I, uh, I, I like that because you did chase something that you really wanted to. And I remember when we first started out, you always used to tell people, follow your heart, follow your heart. I still down. do that. <laughs> you, do, you still do that. And that's always been like the Chris Griffin we all know. And it's true because that's what you've done. And I, I can tell it's brought you happiness, it's brought you to a good place, it's brought you to Sophia, your wife, it's you're doing well and uh, you're, you have a good job right now and you get to do comedy, like you found that balance and honestly that's something I fucking, I've always respected but from you and like that's what I, my podcast is kind of about is finding that fulfillment in life so yeah, you're perfect, you're perfect dude for that. Um, I do want to ask, uh, so now you wanted to try ayahuasca now uh, where was that uh where, where did that come from just the want uh, to desire to try it yeah i think uh like way back in the day too i remember when i was um like i've always been you know into psychedelics or in that i've always had great experiences in that sense and then and religiously too like i went to a catholic school in grade seven and uh kind of um just because it was closer when i moved to calgary and uh, they're like, my, my mom's like, oh, you're baptized, but then we didn't go to church too much or anything. And then I was just fully like immersed in this crazy, you know, religious thing. And so I read the Bible front to back, literally like every night I would read really? it. Yeah, and I won like the religion award in grade seven. What? Yeah. And like, uh, just for the audience to know, this is not anything I would expect Chris Griffin <laughs> to be telling me uh, winning the religious award. <laughs> yeah, I was just like, because it was crazy. Because like my first, till I don't know how old you are in grade seven, seventh grade, like. Uh, 13 or something like that. So my whole life before that, I was like confused. And then I go and they're like, oh no, God's the answer to everything. And I'm like, oh sweet, this is awesome. And then kind of went in and then, but then as like, I tried to like get into the church and the Catholic church, there's all these rules and they're like, no, you can't do that. You have to, and I was like, why is this? Like, I'm excited. And I was like a really nice kid. Like I was a really genuine, sweet child. So I'm like, there was, there was no other ulterior motives other than like excitement. And then, um, they're like, no, you got to do this. And it was like this really negative kind of vibe. So then I kind of went, took me a long time because uh, like post high school, like, you know, pretty atheist route where I was like, oh, there's nothing like, you know, God, that's where I met you. I think yeah, you're, yeah. In the, you're in the middle of your atheist phase. Yeah. So I just didn't give, give a shit. But then I was like, I still believed in like a goodness in the world. And I, I always had like, I'm like, I think there's some energies or spirituality of that, like, you know, out there. So then, and I remember the first time trying mushrooms when I was like 17, I was, I couldn't believe it. It was like, we paid 20 bucks for I think four grams and me and my friend were in my parents' basement and uh, we took a gram each and waited, you know, the typical thing, like an hour, an hour and a half and be like, oh, we got ripped off. Like, might as well take the rest of it. And then literally an hour later, we're like flying through the, we're like, holy shit, like in space and the <laughs> thing has turned into a tree. So I, I couldn't, and I was like, man, for $20, like I literally went to like another world laughed so much. I was like, that's the best experience I've ever had in my life. So then I tried to, but then I was like, can I have more mushrooms from the person that was like, I was working night shift. And they're like, nope, that was it till next year. So then I just started researching and growing my own. And then like, I like a hell into that, but I wouldn't do them that much. I would only do them. I read somewhere early on, like don't do it more than 11 times a year, which is a weird number, but it's less than once a month. So I'd kind of be like every five weeks, I'd be like, okay, now if, if I feel like doing them, I'll do them. But always had amazing, like, positive experience with that. So then following that, I can't remember when I first read about ayahuasca, but I was like, this sounds incredible. And, you know, it sounds sort of a next level 
psychedelics. I've you know tried acid, had a good time on that, but ayahuasca seemed to have that really that whole spiritual element that maybe was missing from the other ones or wasn't as pronounced. Mm. So I started. I remember years ago, I was I was looking into it, and you can get the plant, like the vine and the leaves, like you can buy them in Canada. So I was like, oh, I'll make my own. But then I was Googling it and like the purging and I just imagined myself like laying on the bathroom floor, shitting my pants, like dying. And I was like, okay, maybe I won't. <laughs> and then, yeah, people started doing it. Like, uh, like I know you went, I don't know if you were the first person I know that went, but I know Carrie Younger went. Yeah. Uh, Carrie went first and, uh, I went to the same place Carrie went and yeah. then Carrie where you went to the same place I went. So like we all went from Carrie going there the first time. So that's, uh, and like where we went to in the jungle, like you'll explain in a bit. I don't know if I could have went there just by myself, not knowing somebody who went there beforehand, because you're going fucking off the grid yeah, in yeah. another country in the fucking jungle in the Amazon. Yeah, it's, it's fucking a little much. Yeah, dude, it, it was wild. And, and that's the same thing, too, right? I looked at a whole bunch of places and it's kind of annoying how touristy some of them have gotten where it's like, oh, yeah, we got like a gym, a spa, like Wi-Fi and, you know, 200 people at a time. And I was like, that's not what I want. You don't do. want any of those, anything to do with that. Yeah. Yeah. You want to, And like the other thing is you were saying like this was like ayahuasca has that spirituality to it. It's like the next step. And while it might be a little bit uh, different than it's different than mushrooms, but I think mushrooms can definitely have that spirituality, but bring in the ceremony to it. Mm -hmm. You have to bring a ceremony and intention. And like with ayahuasca, we go into it weeks before we even take it, where we're changing the way we our habits. We're cutting out bad stuff in our body. We're really cleansing our body and fasting before we go and do ayahuasca. This gives it so much more ceremony, so much more spirituality with it. And you can bring that to mushrooms too. But you have to like, it's not doing mushrooms and going for a hike. It's doing mushrooms in the dark darkness and fucking going inside yourself yeah and bringing like intention and fucking discipline into that ceremony and you can get the exact kind of same spirituality with it but it's true you're talking about a place where they're fucking having wi-fi fuck well you're supposed to be off your phone the whole time because you want to you want to really not bring any kind of outer habits or outer thought processes, the outside world's thought processes into your head. It's so fucking bad for you. Yeah. And it was, it's hard to even let that go. Cause I have the day job. So I was like, Oh, if I go to a place with Wi-Fi, I can at least check in on emails once a day. And then at some point I'm like, dude, the world can go without you like one week. Cause mm-hmm. I, I used to have a joke about that. Like if you died, like it takes them like three days to like, they'll figure out <laughs> there's be another you in your place. I'm like, it's like, yeah, the, yeah, that's actually, yeah. That's yeah. So it's like one week if I prepare for it. So I, well, I went off and I did a ton of research, read stuff, but the place you recommended, I looked into that and I was like, man, this is exactly what I want. So I think you'd said Percy, you know, and he, he told me too, that the shaman there, he tries to limit it to eight and he's like 12 max. I think he's do 15 if there's a super demand, but you know, it's like that kind of intimate, we don't need more than that um, kind of thing going on. So, yeah, I just kind of narrowed in on that. And I tried to go um, pre-COVID and then uh, ended up getting married. And then so I was like, okay, we'll do the marriage first. And then I'll. But I, when I met my wife, the first thing I said to her, I was like, okay, two stipulations. Like, not like, you know, but I was just yeah. like, two things about me. I'm like, one, you know, I do comedy. So, you know, you can't guilt me if I go on the road or, you know, like, cause it's hard enough to do comedy. And of course she was like, no, I would never do that. She's a comic too. And she's an actress. So she's like, if I got to go shoot for three months, I'm like, yeah, I would never be like, no, don't do that. So exactly. she's like, 
100% on board. And then the second one, I was like, and I'm going to go do ayahuasca at some point as soon as I can. So you can't say no to that. And then she's like, okay. And I was like, by myself in the jungle. I think at first she was like, I'll come along and maybe just not do the ayahuasca or something on the retreat. But I think it was good to go by myself because I heard with shamans, even if you go with your wife, they'll like put you on separate sides of the ceremonial thing and they'll like, they want you apart. Uh, yeah. And then like, uh, because like ayahuasca can be tough sometimes. Yeah, like, and when you're hearing somebody else having a tough trip, especially if that's your wife, you oh, might just sit yeah. there going like, Oh, I want to help her out when it's like, nah, you got to be paying attention to your own trip right now. Yeah. Like the shamans are there to help out if somebody's having a rough trip and they need to help them out. Yeah, exactly. It's a very kind of uh, like individual thing. And then, and, but then also, you know, you, my wife was in my visions and all like, so it's also that part of it too. So she, and she was totally cool with it. I mean, it, I think she was kind of like, okay. Uh, and you know, the, the kind of deciding where I'm like, no, I'm doing the one where I'm gone. Like I'm just off the grid one week, you know, that that's it. Um, so yeah, narrowed in, sounded good. Um, and, and the one thing too, I, that I, I liked with, you know, people are listening and thinking about it is the price for that one was good too. Cause there's some, like, I think it was 600 us for the ceremony for three ceremonies for the week. And, but other ones were like 2000 us, like there's some for 3000 us. Oh, yeah. yeah. Plus you got to pay, pay the flight down there. So it doesn't seem at all like Percy's doing anything other than for the healing aspect of it. Like, and you know, the costs all go back into the, yeah. Yeah. And I think that you have to kind of understand that with ayahuasca, it's touristy and there's like, there's a money industry around it now. So people are a hundred percent always going to take advantage of it. Yeah. And, uh, yes, people with a lot of money, they're going to go there and it's going to be kind of like their own little resort where they do <laughs> ayahuasca at, which like, you'll probably still get some benefits, but it's, you know, it's, it, it is kind of a little weird. Like the place we went to, you were just there, uh, more recently. So why don't you kind of describe the whole journey of getting down there and, uh, what the place is like. Yeah, so I, I kind of I went in, um, so I read a little bit, but I also didn't want to read too much on. I didn't read too much on people's experiences because I didn't want it to kind of color my journey. But then also at the same time, as I read stuff, people kind of said, "Whatever you go in expecting, you go into your intentions." But Mother Ayahuasca or the Ayahuasca itself will show you something probably different, or mm -hmm. will, you know, it'll it'll have a different plan. Um, so I kind of just went in, I mean, even I was going to give you a call before and just be like, okay, what can I expect? But I'm like, that might be fun just to, you know, go in a little bit blind and figure out what it is. So I had no idea really what I was walking into. Um, so I flew down there. I, I think uh, when I got to Lima, I flew to Lima, and then you go Lima to Iquitos. And yeah, Quitos is like northern Peru right at the beginning. Like this is the start of the Amazon. Yeah, the tip of the Amazon. So. Then I flew into Lima, everything was going great for the flight, as good as it can, and then I went and got to my gate for Iquitos, and I was going to do all my goodbye texts just in case I couldn't get Wi-Fi or reception in, in uh, Iquitos, so because there was supposed to be a cab waiting there for me, um, so I just was going to text everyone, but then I get this WhatsApp, WhatsApp text, and it's just a picture of my big bag, like on the floor somewhere with Spanish and question marks. And I was like, Oh man, what is this? So then I run to the, it's like an hour and 20 minutes before my flight. So I run to the information guy. I'm like, do you speak English? So he's like, no, it's instantly you're in Lima, not much yeah, English yeah. happening. Yeah. And he was like, yes. And I was like, what does this say? And he's like, Oh, your bag is a baggage thing. You're supposed to pick it up. Um, and I was like, Oh man, it, like I, they told me when I got on the plane that it would be at my final destination. But I think you're supposed, I don't know if I, something got messed up. So then, I was, he's like, yeah, you're not allowed to leave security once you're in. And, uh, I was like, oh, I gotta try. So I went and talked to some guy, police guy, security guy. And he's like, 
he showed me a piece of paper and it's like a $30 fee. And then I had to sign something to leave security and I go back in, run over to arrivals, run to the baggage area. They won't let me back in where the bags are, but the guy's like, you got to go talk to Latam, the airlines, talk to Latam. They're like, no, you got to go talk to baggage people. So I go over there and you know, nobody's speaking English. It's like broken English at best. And I'm kind of showing them the message and just pointing at my bag and saying, I need this. And then, cause I brought swimming trunks and a tank top in my, I had a little backpack. Uh, so I would have had something to wear, but I wanted to wear the same thing every day. And I was like, man, all my toothbrush, I was like, this is going to suck if I don't get this bag. Uh, and I'm just, and they're, I'm sure they would bring it to Aikido's, but then like, how am I going to get it? I'm in the jungle, you know, with no reception. I'm not going to find this bag. So I'm, I like go to the baggage place. I'm like, no, I got to go customs. I go customs. I'm like, you got to go back to Latam. So now I'm in a circle. I've talked to everyone. I'm like, what the fuck am I going to do? And then I'm walking and I just see this, uh, Spanish dude pulling a cart of bags like going up an elevator and I run up to him uh, and I showed him the message. I was like my bag. And then he like kind of looks at his cart and it was on there. Man, can I take this? And I showed him my ID. I'm like, I'm the same person. And he's like, yeah, go ahead. So I grab that bag, like run back, throw it on the, find some special baggage guy. And it was like, an, he's like, Oh, it's an hour cut off. And it was like an hour and three minutes. He's like, yeah, let's get it on. And he looked at the tag. He's like, this should have just went to keto. So yeah. I got the tags on it. So he throws it on. Then I try to go back through security. They're like, you have to go talk to this other thing, pay this fine. And I get back through, get a new boarding pass, get through, get on my flight. So then I was like kind of amped up on the stress. <laughs> but man, I got my bag, land in Iquitos. There's a dude with a, uh, cause I was like, Oh, there's no sign. My name's Chris Griffin. And there was just a guy with a sign that said, um, I can't remember. I think it was like C G I N. Yeah. C R G I N or like C Jin. And I was like, man, it's close enough. Probably me. And then he did, he's like, speak, uh, speak English or speak Spanish. And I was like, Nope. Uh, so that was just like a quiet ride out. But you realize Iquitos is like a third world country, you know, but I, and I read some history on it that it was like, it kind of boomed with the rubber trade, you know, decades ago, then died out. And then now it's booming again with ayahuasca and, and tourism. But, you know, it was an immediate kind of culture shock where you're like, oh yeah, this is like, you know, this is. And then it also got hit hard with COVID. Yeah. 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 And, and okay, let me just tell you, which is crazy. Yeah. The exact same thing happened to me when I went to, uh, when I went to Iquitos, my fucking flight out of Calgary originally got delayed. And because of that, everything got delayed. And when I went into Iquitos, my bag wasn't there. Oh, man. And, like, I didn't get the bag until the last flight coming from Lima to Iquitos, the day before I was going to drive out to see Percy. So, like, the day before, the last flight that was coming in, they were like, all right, well, this is the flight. Like, if this bag's on it, it's on it. Are you, like, not going to have your bag going? And I was thinking <laughs> the exact same shit you were. Like, fuck, I'm not going to have, like, any, like, I'm going to the jungle. I'm not going to have any change of clothes, any of my fucking, like, stuff that I pack, like, even toothbrush or any of that shit, right? Yeah. And, like, I'm on the last flight, I got it. And I was like, fuck. And it was just, like, such a relief. And, like, I was amped, too. I'm like, all right, let's do some ayahuasca now. Yeah. I know. I was like, man, I, and, and just making that happen to get the bag. and Because, uh, yeah, and, and I didn't stay in Akitas. Like, I was basically cabs there to take me to the jungle, and that's, like, that's it. So if it wasn't there, I don't know if I'd say to the cab, like, Hey, come back in the next flight. And I'll like, I'll just sit here. I don't know what you do. Right. But thankfully I had it throw that in the cab and then you drive out and you're like, Whoa, man, we're going like into the jungle. And I didn't get time really to do my goodbye texts or whatever. So I turned on like 
data roaming, which cost me like you know, 40 bucks, but just to say to my wife, like, hey, I'm at this place, I'm going into the jungle, everything looks great so far. Um, so yeah, we pull up after about a 45 minute drive, and then he's like, somebody will walk you up. So I put on my huge ass backpack, which I brought way too much stuff, and then, uh, and yeah, we just, it's like a 40 minute hike or 30, 40 minute hike to the place, right, from the road. Um, so then, yeah, you kind of go off reception, and I was walking up that, and, and, kind of my nerves are like, I'm on high alert. Everything's new. And I see a guy walking, he's got like no teeth and a machete, just like a, you know, little, uh, dude. And I'm like, Oh, what the hell is this? Like, you know, like, what am I going into? Cause I got, you know, like a laptop in my backpack and I'm like, well, is, is this safe? And, and just like all these thoughts. And I kind of go into, um, the retreat area or like the, the, you know, like the, the resort where, and, Percy wasn't there for the first, because I went in a day early, because you can come in the Sunday and just chill, and they'll still feed you, and you can sleep, and then the first ceremony is the Monday, so it was just me, the whole resort was empty, except for the family that cooks, and yeah, uh, yeah. some of the builders, and so I go in, they give me a meal, I just pass out, because it was late, it was getting late, and, um, and then they wake me up at 8am for breakfast on the Monday, and then I kind of go for a walk around the resort, I meet Percy and his wife, um, his wife Genesis, who's super cool too, um, and he kind of introduces me to her and they ask like, what are your intentions? And, but the, the person speaks very minimal English. Mm-hmm. Um, Genesis didn't speak it at all. So they're like, what? And I was just, so I was kind of like, Oh, I don't know really. Like I'm just coming here to, but generally for my intentions, when I was going for myself, uh, I think I was just, you know, one, I was going in with not too much cause I wanted to see what it showed me, mm-hmm. but just generally like, you know, um, get clearer on my direction in life, you know, be, better person. Um, yeah, just work on being better comedy, you know, those type of things, be a good husband, um, all, all those kind of things, but, but pretty general. And then, so they, we, they kind of understand what I'm saying, but I didn't go into too much detail and, and Genesis had kind of a little translator app on her phone. So she'd translate just words. Like if Percy said something, didn't know the word. So he kind of explains how it's going since, you know, you won't, eat dinner tonight and then we'll do the first ceremony and the first ceremony I won't give you a full dose it's kind of just an introductory dose to ease you into it and I'm like okay I kind of want to be like man let's just get right into it but <laughs> I'm like all right let's see how it goes so and then I go back and then I see like uh, uh and I'm st- you know, even when I got in the hut I'm like should I hide my laptop like because it's you know it locks and, and there's like screens so bugs can't get in but other than that like you know somebody if they really wanted to could get in but then that second day, I kind of had some time to relax and then walk around and everyone's so nice. And I bathed in the river bath and we did the first flower ceremony where Percy kind of, you concentrate on your intentions and he like blows smoke and, and uh, yeah, uh, pours water on top of your head. And, and, uh, and we did all that. But then when I was walking around just the area too, I saw the guy with the machete and he's just like a nice guy bringing back bamboo to, or, you know, some some tree to do some work and I'm like oh how lame am I with like my prejudices that I'm like oh this guy's a murderer in the jungle <laughs> and everyone's like so nice I mean this place is pretty safe like people have their stuff like nobody's gonna it's, come uh, yeah well you're in the middle of the, like yeah you're in the middle of nowhere so it is kind of weird for somebody that you can't even get a vehicle out there yeah, you know, like you know if someone comes and steals your shit and then it's like alright I'm gonna run for four to five minutes <laughs> on like to on a straight yeah, path yeah. where everyone's gonna see you be like hey, there's that guy <laughs> Yeah, so I was kind of like disappointed myself, but it was eye-opening where I'm like, oh, you got to get rid of all these like, you know, 
dumb thoughts were, mm-hmm. you know, bringing your, your own shit into the, the jungle. So I kind of really was like, all right, man, let loose. You're safe. Like this is, everyone's nice. Percy's here. And then when we get to the retreat too, for that ceremony, he's Percy kind of said, you know, usually there's a lot of people, but it was just myself. And then a guy named Juan from Cuba who runs a meditation studio out there. Um, I think it's own meditation and he, he was awesome, but he didn't speak English either, even less than Percy. Um, but he was out there and he's Percy's friend. So he'd been there a few times and, and he always comes through, I think once a year or twice a year, he'd just been there a few months before, but even though he didn't speak English, it, and it was just the two of us, that's it. He, you know, he's like, there's going to be you two for this week. Um, he's like, some other people might come later, but, uh, so then it was awesome because I kind of just mimed everything he did. And he was like a very earnest, he was like, you know, 60 years with like a gray ponytail and, but he was very earnest in everything he did. So then I took it serious too. I'm like, oh, you're out here. Like think of your intentions. I did all the ceremonies. Cause I could imagine myself in my twenties being like, well, this is dumb or like having those thoughts. But I was like, just do it for real, concentrate on everything. And Juan was, even though we didn't, uh, we couldn't understand each other we would kind of act things out or, you know, we start using emojis on our phone to be like, Oh, I saw a chicken and, you know, show a picture of a chicken. He's like, Oh yeah. So we were kind of teaching each other words we could understand. So it was pretty fun. Like he was the sweetest guy. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that was like my experience there. Ate the meals. I was pretty nervous the first day. And then he's like, okay, let's, let's do it. Like we'll do the ceremony. Was this similar for your experience the first time you went? Like in uh, what way? Like uh, we, I had like eight or nine people there. Okay. And uh, yeah, like I, I think because uh, one thing it's COVID. I think that's kind of killing the numbers. Yeah. And I wonder what the the time of year. I went in January. You went in early September. Or yeah. Late, yeah. Yeah. So yeah, that's a. Uh, yeah, I had a bunch of people, so it was like, and there was a bunch of people who spoke English. So, um, and one of the ladies who was preparing to be like a pet plant medicine teacher so she had like maybe 12 years in uh, ayahuasca experiences oh, awesome. and she's probably done it like hundreds of times so she was spoke english she was european and like she explained so much shit to us so like that was kind of cool having that but like yeah you having like a one-on-one ceremony is uh that's kind of fucked i'm not gonna lie yeah it was it was cool i mean the the language barrier was the biggest struggle throughout the whole time and where i kind of did wish like oh man i, I percy would kind of give ceremonies and you would say stuff in spanish to to juan who i'm sure is pretty familiar with the whole mm-hmm. thing he's been a few times but then percy would translate to english and give me some, some idea of what we're talking about. And he knew some important words where he was like, you know, your intentions. And he's like, it's important to be tranquil, relax. And I was like, all right. Um, so I go in the first ceremony where it's just, they put the beds right in the center of the ceremonial hut thing. Like instead of around the edges, we were like right in the middle. Uh, and it's, uh, you know, Percy and, and Genesis, the Shamanita and Percy had said before he's, uh, he said, Oh, my wife, she actually is a, she can see the spirits without needing to take the ayahuasca. She's sensitive to that, which is funny because my wife, her mom is the same. Like she lives in kind of the forests of New Zealand, but she's, she's got that ability too. Uh, but you know, which is really interesting and people, you know, fly from all around the world to visit her and, and, and do that. So she can kind of read people's energies. So I'm like, Oh, that's cool. And, uh, we kind of lay back and I think I uh, was like, okay, let's just get into this and felt positive, like, you know, excited, but also, you know, a bit nervous. And then, so I drink the thing and, and, uh, um, Percy's like, yeah, uh, there'll be an opportunity to drink more if you want. And I just lean back 
and within 20 minutes, you know, Percy starts doing his thing, singing, and, and, uh, and you know, things start moving, get a little bit of visuals, and then I lean back and kind of close my eyes, and then I can see, you know, Mother Ayahuasca, she kind of was this figure far away uh, a little bit, and she's like, oh, I'm just going to look tonight, like, I'm just going to see. Is that what she said? Yeah, oh, yeah. That's was like, she's crazy. like, I'm just going to see how, how it is, and I was kind of like, okay, and then um, in my neck, which Juan and Percy kind of explained to me through translator apps later on, like I, it kind of, I guess it's like your fifth chakra. I could see that opening up with like light coming out and then these spirits are like going in, like looking around inside of me. It was almost like that. They're like kind of, some look like geckos and other ones were, and people kept kind of giving me gifts and stuff. And I was like, oh, I don't know if I should take this, like a, like pills and potions. And I was like, <laughs> drug me. Like I was like really weird. And, and then it kind of just went through my thought process and, and, and a lot of times it would turn negative where I'm like, Oh, who are these people? What are they doing to me? And it would kind of color my, but I was, I became very conscious of those thoughts where I'm like, Oh, this is weird. And then if I started thinking more positive, I was like, Oh, thanks for the gifts. It's nice to be here. And then, you know, my experience would almost get a little bit better. And person came around after probably a couple hours and I was just mostly going through like my thoughts and, and my thought processes, but it wasn't a crazy trip. Like I wasn't, you know, yeah, out of yeah. my mind or whatever. And I did a, he's like, do you want some more? Have you had some visions? I'm like, yeah, I'll take some more. So I drink some more and then, uh, but pretty, you know, even, uh, for the, the rest of it. And at some point he's like, Oh, the ceremony's over. And then I get up and I was like, Oh man, did I do it wrong? Like, was I not, like open enough like what why didn't I have like a crazy experience and then Juan's like okay Chris let's go and, and kind of walks out so we walk up to the end of the wooden bridge and then I got to go left up to my hut and he's got to go straight down to his which we're a little distance apart so he's like okay we'll see you in the morning for breakfast and I turn to him and he's just like this beam of light and I was like whoa I'm like Juan is like a god in this world or something. <laughs> he's got it all figured out and and I heard him say to Percy, it was like a beautiful experience. And so I'm like, man, he had a great time. Like I've got some shit to do. And then, and then it's just completely dark. I have like my little flashlight, led flashlight. And it's just, I'm running back to my hut and everywhere I look is like, and the birds, they make hilarious noises too. Like yeah. witches laugh or something. It's like, ha ha ha. And I'm like, you know, I'll see like a mermaid, but the that's like on the land, like right over there. And then I look over the, there and it's like a tree. It's like, ha ha, like talking to me. I'm like, holy shit. So I'm like running, get in my hut, like, jump under the covers. I'm like, wow. Okay. And then I kind of had some time to think about it. And I was like, all right, that was a good. And then my, and at one point too, I was going to do the purge. Like I felt like I was going to purge during the ceremony. And I was like, no, I don't, cause I don't get sick. Like even if I get blackout drunk and I got to like, I just don't puke ever. So I was like, oh, I don't think I can puke. And then mother ayahuasca, she's like, you're not going to today, but next ceremony you're for sure. And I was like, okay, next one. Today can we not? So I could feel stuff kind of building up and they, showed like my negative thoughts and it sort of manifested as like this almost like little gremlin thing that was like on my brain. And I felt like I had a block like kind of on that brain. And I think that was the first ceremonial point of it is being like, Oh, your negative thoughts will, will affect your experience and will, uh, you know, not allow you to open up as much as, as you could. So, and that could be a metaphor for life as well. Like, you know, if you're just you know stuck under your own negative thoughts, like you, know, you enjoy life a, a lot less. So that was kind of the first day. And then, you know, we wake up in the morning and he's like, oh, Campbell ceremony. Let's go do that. So that's the poisonous frogs. So we got the three scars. Oh, um, that's what Campbell is? Yeah. Okay. Because I never did that one. Yeah. I think it was like optional, like when, when I read on the website, but, uh, and then also happened to be Percy's birthday that Tuesday. So he's in like great spirits. So we do the Campbell thing and uh, he's like, yeah, drink two liters of water. But he told me the night before. So I chugged this two liters of water, you know, I'm up at 
five or six, I kind of had like a decent sleep, but pretty crazy because of the ayahuasca. Um, so the, the ceremony's at seven. So then he, yeah, and then you do the, the rape too. So we did that the Monday as well. What's the rape? It's uh, where he blows the powder up your nose. Did you oh, okay, I never did that one either. Okay. So this is a cool thing because like you having only two people, I think this is what uh, um, gets you to have like all these extra things added on to it. Because like with eight people, we never did any of these. Okay, yeah, the, the rapid was, cra- was crazy too. So I didn't know what it was. And the Monday I, I sat down and he's got, he pulls out this wooden pipe. It's like, you know, a single hole on one end and then two holes on the, the other end. And he puts them up into your nostril. And, I'm, and then it's like blows a powder. So I'm like, okay, does this, uh, do I breathe in? Like, am I supposed to breathe this powder in? And he was like, no, no, don't do that. He's like, hold your breath. Um, so I watch Juan do it. And Juan's like, you know, so phlegmy. He's like, Wah! like just spitting. I'm like, man, what does this guy do? Like, <laughs> but then it was hilarious that I see him on the Monday during the day as like this, like, you know, phlegmy, like, wow, like just you guy. And then, and then he's like a golden God by like the ceremony. So, you know, that was funny how I kind of judge him that way. And then, um, so I kind of watch him and then he just keeps like spitting after. And so I lean back and do the, uh, or, you know, sit up and he's like, okay, we're going to do it. And, he, and then he says some kind of prayer or whatever, you know, uh, and then blows the, the rock into you. And it's, dude, it's insane. It's like, you just feel it go up your sinuses and then it just fires your whole brain like down your spine. Like it just like your whole brain front to back, like, like just lights it up. So I think it's to open the chakras. So I loved it on the the Monday and I was like, wow. And then we do the Cambo Tuesday morning and he's like, you know, he burns your arm, like takes it, lights a. And so stick. tell people what it is. It's like a poison, like it's a poison out of a frog, but this is like, they, they do it to like help you purge and clean your body. That's what it's supposed to be, right? I believe so. Yeah. And I couldn't really understand what it was for later. I, he translated it, but yeah, I think it's, it, and it's great after an ayahuasca ceremony to do that, to kind of. Um, yeah, purge your body, your thoughts, and, and then bring some tranquility. So they take a rod or something, light it, and then just make a burn a little hole like in your arms. Like, and then they put the poison in there um, right after, and you can just feel it like kind of spread into your body. And then he's like, yeah, you should lay down. So I just lay down in the wood by the river. Um, and then, yeah, my face gets really hot. And then I felt like I was going to puke. Like I was like, oh, I feel sick. And he's like, yeah, it's only, you know, 10, 20 minutes and kind of, Relaxed. I had some like mild, mild visuals, and uh, and the first time, yeah, it, uh, it was like okay. So I think yeah, we did. Then I just started feeling great, and I was like okay, I'm fine again. But it, I was like, I wonder what the point of that was because I didn't fully understand at the time. But then after, I was like exhausted, so it did help me sleep amazing. Like then we ate breakfast, and it kind of gave me this pretty chill vibe for the rest of Tuesday. So I get it in that sense. And then we did the the wrap a after the combo. And we did one that kind of lights up my brain. And then Juan's like, I'll do a second one. And he's like, do you want to do one? And I'm like, yeah, why not? And I was like, yeah. So Juan does the second one. The second one I did, I accidentally did breathe in, like as they're blowing it up my nose and it just like burning down, like like being pepper sprayed, uh, burning down my throat. Yeah. And then, and then, so like I was just standing there and then I, cause I drank thankfully two liters of water. I just started like puking from that into the trees and then they're all laughing Percy and <laughs> but they thought it was because like from the cambo but it was like I wasn't sick from that I felt sick from that but then I felt perfectly fine but I was because I, I couldn't tell them like I breathed in this freaking thing wrong so then we eat and I you know talk to Juan some more 
And the Tuesday night, you, you know, I read powered through some books on like meditation, which I'd never read about. So yeah. I'm like, oh, I got to probably quiet my thoughts and, and uh, you know, be more present and, and everything for this next ceremony. Because I'm like, I want to get into it. and It's going to be a full dose. So I meditated at night. I really thought about my experience. But the next day when I woke up, my experience was much more positive in my mind. I was like, oh, yeah, there were some cool moments there. Like Mother Ayahuasca is for real a thing. Like, you know, I saw her, but I'm like, but then was I envisioning that? Like, am I just pushing it and trying to make it up? And I had a moment where I'm like, I spent this money for nothing to come out here. And it's like not going to have an effect on me. But then I was like, stop thinking like that, man. Like, you know, get ready for your second one. So the second day, um, wake up Wednesday, you know, breakfast, lunch, do, do the ceremonies, rapé, didn't do Cambo on the Wednesday. And now I'm like ready to go into it. I'm like, okay, just feeling positive. We all get back in the hut and uh, do the whole, they um, sage it and, and clear it of things that Shamanita does. And then right when we get to the point where we're supposed to drink it, and again, it's just me and Juan, the Shamanita come, goes out to the door and then comes in and just like, oh, somebody's here to see you to Percy. So He's like, you got to go out there. So Percy's like, sorry, this is really strange. So now I'm like, well, what's happening? Like, who's who's here? Like, how, who found this in the middle of the jungle? That's unexpected guests. So I'm kind of freaking out. And the Shamanita comes and sits right beside me. And she has her app, translator app. So she's like, how are you feeling? And I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm feeling good. Like, excited to do this ceremony. And then I was like, what, uh, who are those people? And then she's like, ha, ha, are you scared? And I was like, kind of, but I'm like, who, who are they? Like, and then she's like, oh, I think they're visitors that want to do a ceremony. Um, she's like, they won't do it tonight. So Percy has to talk to them. And then I was like, oh, any advice for me on this trip? And she's like, no advice. She's like, just be open. She's she's like, the, she's like, I can sense already the best work in your life is in front of you. Like, you you know, you're going to have a great time. So now I'm pumped. I'm like, okay, cool. And then, you know, Juan's there and I know him now. So I'm comfortable with Juan like, already. And then. I lay back, uh, wait for Percy comes back in. He's like, yeah, they, people want to do the ceremony. So they're going to stay tonight, not do it tonight. And then they'll be there tomorrow and we'll do the ceremony with them Friday. It was a father son from Romania. All right, cool. So in the meantime, we lay back or do the dose, lay back and, uh, you know, 20 minutes in it, like things really start moving. Like Percy had this new guitar song. And the day before on the Tuesday on his birthday, he kind of saying like, it's really cool that they travel, he travels the world and finds these songs or writes them himself. And then, uh, so he's like, yeah, I'm learning this song. His guitar was new for him. As soon as he starts playing the guitar, it's like beautiful. The whole ceiling starts dancing and I can kind of see these like Aztec, um, like, I don't know how to explain it, but just like visuals, like kind of pulsing through all the beams. And I'm like, Oh man, here we go. Like this is, this didn't happen last time <laughs> to this extent. Um, and I lean back and then kind of the negative thoughts start happening again. And I really can see them now. I can visualize them as like this kind of creature in my brain and it's, and it's sort of separating it out where it's like, Oh, this is your brain without these thoughts. And it's like super positive. Like, this is amazing. And then I can feel like the purge thing happening. I start getting like sick and I'm like, but I don't feel sick, but I can just feel like something's got to come out. I'm going to like puke. And I'm like, Oh man, like, I don't like this. And Mother Ayahuasca is like, hello, like, okay, you know, we're going to, this is happening. <laughs> so she's like all this negative thoughts and it's like, yeah, get that out. And it almost is like going to the music that Percy's playing. Like yeah, he's building it up and I'm like, oh man. And then you have the little bucket beside you. Um, and it's just, you know, it's a bed with a bucket. I brought my little flashlight, um, brought a little water bottle and that's, that's, and a blanket. And that's all you got there. So I'm like, I don't want to puke in the bucket in front of everyone. So I, all of a sudden it's like, whoa, like I'm just like heaving. So I run up and they've got five toilets out the back. 
um, that you can use in their own little enclosure. So I run into one of those just in time, open the lid, and I'm like, what? But nothing comes out. Like, I don't puke. Physically, nothing came out, but spiritually, it was yeah, like, yeah. just like, Whoa! Yeah. <laughs> like spiritually, I, I know that exact thing. Yeah, and it was like, I was like, what? And I just like, it was like the negativity and the little like negativity gremlin. Like, I just, it, it's like I expelled it back to the beginning of time. Like, it was like where, like the Big Bang, like the universe went all in there, like throw it that far back. And it's like, it'll always come back, try to come back, mm-hmm. but let's get rid of it for today. And I was like, boom, and instantly from like feeling sick. And, uh, you know, it's at one point I was kind of cold and shaking and, and weird to like, I just felt pure bliss. Like I was like, I felt incredible. And then I go back and I kind of lay down and now I feel like warm and amazing. And poor Juan's like, he's kind of struggling with something. So he's like burping and farting. And I'm like, man, I want to be like, Juan, let it go, dude. Like, come on this side of things because this is amazing. And then, so I lean back, close my eyes. And this is the part where I feels like weird talking about it, but I'm just going to be honest and people can think I'm insane. I don't, I don't know. But then, uh, then mother ayahuasca is like, welcome to the world. Chris, like we've been waiting for you. And I was like, Oh man. And she's like, come on and uh, I'll show you it. And then, so this people are just kind of like this animals or like these human dogish things or something. Everything's, everyone's giving me gifts. I'm meeting all these people. And it's sort of like Vegas and Dubai, like lights, incredible, like beauty is like, it was wild. Like all these like crazy sort of Aztec, ish structures um and we're just going through and going higher and higher and then we kind of get to the top of i don't even know what like i don't know what we were going up a pyramid or something weird but we were pyramid shaped kind of thing and then we get to the top and i just see mother i was kind of turns into the sky and i see like the eye with the triangle and then she's like chris you've come here like you did all the work you took this serious because before i went out i you know cut out as we talked about caffeine six months before um, I cut out booze two months, you know, didn't touch that. And I mostly did my wife, thankfully does a plant diet for the most part anyway, like we'll eat meat once or twice a week. But so I was already kind of doing the diet, but I went and stuck with that as much as I could. So, but then mother, I was going to show me all these times in my life where it's like, you always make the, the difficult decision. Like you'll always take the harder way, which is good because you know, it's difficult at first, but you learn more from it. And, and she's like, so I'm like, you're ready for, I'm going to give you all of my powers and all of the, you know, the light I have and welcome you into this world, but you have to use it for good. You have to promise to do that. And I was like, yes, of course. And then like, cause you are a person of the light. So then like the eye just kind of like my third eye, I guess where like your sixth chakra is kind of opens up and then it just goes like into my head. Like, and I just see everything. It was like so fast. It was just like, I just saw so much of like human history, but also like nature and like the stars and the planets. It's like, but I like just, like insane. Like it was overwhelming. And then it kind of stopped. And then she's like, okay, I'm with you now. You're always, I'll always be with you. You're welcome in this world. And she's like, and yeah, she's just like, you're a good force in this world. And then she's like, you have to, you have to be um, your biggest fan and you have to like, yeah, it's all these kind of positivity, like people pumping me up. I'm like, Oh no, this is too much. And she's like giving me this golden armor as like a knight. And, uh, I was, I was like, no, no, this is like overkill. And she's like, no, you deserve this. Like you work hard for it. Um, so it's then I'm just like in this amazing place and, it, and she's so kind and everyone's awesome. And, and, uh, we kind of, you know, the ceremony goes on. There's a lot of things and, and kind of, it, it was very dictated sort of the path and just showing me all this stuff and everything's happening. And then I, uh, kind of sit up at the end of the purse. He's like, oh, that's the end of the ceremony. And he comes over at some point and does like a, 
da- uh, thing over you with palms and um, smoke and everything, and it was it's insane. I can't even describe what it's like because the sounds and the the feeling yeah. of it. The, 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 and like so, like I'll let you know, like uh, when these shamans. The way they use sound, like and music, yeah. they, they look at you and they see patterns and they see energies and they see they see when something's out of whack. So when they use sound, it's to like interfere with your sound to make your patterns more in line, so that oh. you're more in line, that you're more uh, yeah, you're more healed. That's all of this is is like that's why you're saying this guy's a guy who wants healing. Yeah. So like he sees where he can give you healing, he can bring you to like the most positive place you can be brought to and he uses sounds he uses uh uh voice and light and all of that stuff to like help you with that yeah yeah and that part was wild too and, and the way the the ceremony kind of you know helps it along and he, he explained it too where he's like oh, i just invite the spirits and he's like it's different every time but he's like I, he's like when he's like when i first started um uh because yeah just to fast forward a bit ahead the two romanians the father son that came the last day they both happened to speak English and Spanish. So then the son was great. He was in his mid twenties. Gabriel, he uh, he translated Percy's ceremonies. But uh, Percy explained when he first started. I, I think he started. You know, he took his ayahuasca his first time at fourteen or something. And he was grandfather. He lived out in the woods for thirty days or in the jungle. Um, so he really was immersed in it very young. But when he started doing ceremonies, was, at the first part, he um, you know he would do give the ayahuasca and there'd be multiple people there and he'd say, you know, how was it? And people say, oh, I didn't see too much. And he was like, I just wasn't um, tapping in as much to invite all the spirits and to kind of open up that world so they can have the best experience possible. But then I think his second son was born blind and he was sitting with his son one day, his son was sitting on the ground one day and he's like, dad, I, w- I wish I could watch TV. I can't see the TV. And a uh, person kind of waved his hand above, way above the son's head and the son was like, why are you doing that? And the person's like, oh, but you can see using your other senses. And then for Percy, he was like, that was the moment I realized that's what I have to do during these ceremonies is help people see with their other senses and bring these spirits here. So whatever, maybe it was because it was his birthday, but whatever he was doing this night was killing it. Like it was the best. All these amazing spirits were there. And like the, you know, for me with that message where they're like, you have to be confident and you know, be proud of yourself, but be your biggest fan. And I'm like, yeah, but it's still important to be humble. I'm like arguing with, you know, this. <laughs> and, yeah. And I don't know if like, I think mother ayahuasca is like, cause they say it's like kind of a very feminine type, feminine type God and all this, but, but I don't know if it's, if she is gendered or like, or if it's, it was cool in my vision. She was, but I, I think it's just, that's God or the energies or the life force in the world, whatever, however you want to define her. And it could be different for everyone. But in mine, it was kind of this, this very, female mm-hmm. presence that I was talking with. So, um, yeah, so she kind of gives me all those things and I sit up after, but then instead of like the night before with like all oh, the ceremonies over there, uh, they, we just all Percy pulls a mat up and Genesis and it just, it's just, I'm like, Oh, we're just hanging out for a bit. So Percy's talking to Juan. Juan's okay. He was, yeah. It seemed like he didn't quite get that purge out. So I don't know what he was fighting against. I wish I could have asked him. And then, uh, um, Genesis comes, the Shamanita comes, sits right beside me, and she was like, how was it? And I was like, oh, it was, you know, with a translator app, so they're typing, and it's so hard to see, because everything, you know, I'm still tripping, so, and, like, it took me forever to write, but I'm like, oh, it was incredible, I met Mother Ayahuasca, she was so nice, and then Genesis got super excited, she's like, I knew it, I knew it, and then she's texting me back, being like, uh, yes, I, I could see that, and, and do you care to explain 
how it was or how you're feeling. And I'm like, oh yeah. And I just told her, I was like, you know, she was like expecting me and was like, we're so happy to have you. And she said, she'd give me all her powers, but I feel weird, like kind of arrogant saying that, or maybe I'm like schizophrenic and insane and I don't know, but uh, say that. And she's like, I knew it. She's like, I saw that. And then she shows me a picture and she's like, did you see this? And it was like the third eye or the eye of Providence symbol. And yeah. I was like, that's exactly what I saw. And then I just say, point at that. I'm like that. And I was like, mother ayahuasca and I point to like my forehead. I'm like, like put it in. And she was like, yes, I saw that. And she's like, I could see it. And she's like, I've been waiting for you to come here for a long time. Like, she's like, you know, you're meant for this. And she, she's like, you're going to do so much great in the world. So I was like, this is incredible. Like, it's like <laughs> you know, fans and, so it was the best. And then one, we walk out and he's like, Oh, look at the sky. And the stars are all like dancing. And you know, that, it, that the bird that like laughs, like, ha 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 go doing that. And it's like, whoop, all these crazy sounds. And there's like really bright star. And then, uh, mother Oscar's like, Oh, and this one's you don't. And I'm like, okay, like, thank you. But, um, and then I walk back, feel great. But then I'm like, get in the hut then i right away go in the bathroom come out and i'm like okay and i had everything set up this time so i could kind of chill so i light my candle got my um bed set up and i'm like okay you, you know maybe go back out and vent because it was the same thing when i was walking back to the hut like all these visions or like little hallucinations like ah the trees and but i was more comfortable this time and i was in like a great headspace so i'm like oh everything's good and then i i'm like oh, i should brush my teeth before i go back out there um so I get my toothbrush out and then I usually I would just spit the whatever water into the toilet because you just have a the hut for people who don't know it's just a bed um, and uh, a, a little hut. it's a decent sized hut and then but there's a bed and then there's a toilet and the toilet's in kind of its own little room but there's no door on it there's just like a tiny curtain at head height and that's it so even if you were sitting on the toilet and someone came in the hut you'd be in plain view. Um, so I go, and then you have a big bucket of water and a little bucket that's empty and you scoop the big water, the little bucket in the big water and then dump that little bucket into the toilet. And that's how you flush the toilet. Mm -hmm. There's no running water or anything like that. So, um, so yeah, go to go back in the bathroom, brush my teeth. And then there's like this scorpion hanging from the curtain, like right at face height. And I don't even know how, like, what is this thing? Like what the, and I'm like, shining my little led flashlight it's not that powerful i'm like man am i tr like am i hallucinating this is this a decoration on the curtain so i go get my candle and i'm going closer to it and the, the scorpion's going like beyond 3d like it's stingers like Whoa! like it's like when you watch the yeah. movie in the theaters yeah. and it's coming at you and i'm like what the fuck like am i tripping and then i go closer and i'm doing different angles and then i'm like no there's this really a scorpion here like this is insane <laughs> and uh, earlier in the day i'd seen like a big kind of tarantula like a furry spider thing walking around in my hut and then i was like whoa but then and this when i'm sober but i was like oh you know maybe it's a friendly spider so i was trying to like mentally be like hey think welcome to my hut uh, you know kill any mosquitoes if you see them uh, you know try, trying to be in good things so that mother ayahuasca, I'm like still talking to her. Like she's in my head, but I'm like, what is this? And then she's like, yeah, the, you know, she's here to protect you. And I was like, okay, could you make them less scary? And then she's like, this, you know, life isn't always going to be easy. And you know, you have to, you can't judge things just because of how they look or anything like that. So I was like, okay, hello, Mr. Scorpion. Like I welcome to my hut. I'm very terrified of you. <laughs> and then I just sat, stood there for like an hour just staring at this thing. And I videotaped it to make sure like, and then watch the video back. Like, no, nope, it's really there. So then I went and I just could picture myself getting like it just crawling over to me while I'm sleeping and then I'm just dead. So I slept like under the mosquito net, which is in the over top of the bed. 
and they give you like a pretty warm blanket. So I slept with the blanket fully over my head. Yeah, I tucked yeah. it all around me in like, I think it was 26 degrees at yeah, night. So yeah. just pouring sweat. And I like fell asleep eventually, woke up a few times through the night. And I think at like 3 a.m. I woke up and looked, got my flashlight and it was gone. And I'm just like, okay. And I was way more chill than I was, you know, like the anxiety was all gone. And I'm just like, all right, man, whatever. So I slept a couple more hours. Then we do the ceremony that morning. So I'm, now I'm like, this is the best. Like, I, you know, I feel I have like a new purpose in life and we talked about this a little bit before the podcast where um you know it didn't shape my vision too much of anything i want to do in life like you know it's like uh but it just kind of reinforced the work i'd done so we were saying you know maybe if you're in a bad relationship ayahuasca could be that thing that gives you the push to be like hey get out and you would see that but i think if your foundations are pretty solid it would just kind of re-align uh, like my strategy and when we talk about um like in life but we talk about the alignment too. the first um smoke ceremony <clears throat> and a bath ceremony I did with Percy when he had the kind of cigar thing it uh it like bent the ashes like that had burnt was it bent really far to the right and he was like oh like you're misaligned on your chakras so it was like the rape and all these things will will get you back so after the Wednesday one Thursday morning we did the ceremony he's like oh you're perfectly aligned now and then and Genesis was super cool. She was like, you know, talking to me and she kind of came and found me and we used the translator app and I was just like, oh, that's really good. Like, I don't know what to do for this next year. If I left that day, I would have been like, that, that was the best. Like, yeah, yeah. I don't need anything else. Pump me up. But I knew there was this other ceremony. So then we go to Thursday. Now there's the Ro Romanian guy and his son. And uh, the yeah, the Romanian guy, he was really nice and kind of talked about some stuff. And then... Um, and it was nice that he spoke English. I'm like, I don't even remember how to speak English. Like, it felt weird. I was like, oh. Uh, so then Percy did some things and told some more stories and kind of his history. And they said he went to, he went to like, a big shaman conference internationally. And he was the youngest shaman there. And they didn't want to let him speak. But his friend vouched for him pretty hard. And then he spoke. And then everyone was, like, really wowed by his story and by all his knowledge and, and everything relating to being a shaman to the extent that at the end of the first day or after all the speeches you pick the group gets to pick who which shaman they want to lead their experience um and i think out of the 120 people there 36 picked percy they're like we want to do percy's one so then he was kind of you know elevated and everyone's you know shown him love so uh yeah the, he was he was uh yeah, it, it just brought, you know, a lot of confidence that you're like, oh, this guy really cares what he's doing. And, you know, he's, he's he really does want the healing. And and, he, and I was finally able to ask him some questions through the Gabriel, the young kid was translating for us. So, again, we did the Cambo Thursday morning. And that time Juan's like, well, I don't feel too good. And he's puking. So, you know, it was funny that you know, that happened to me the first day, even though it was the Rappi thing. We do Rappi ceremonies. And I think Percy's doing a whole bunch of extra stuff. I don't know if just because it was his birthday or because uh, Juan was his friend. So, we did that, and the, uh, the father's son, the Romanian, the father seemed to not be taken quite as serious, but the son was, like, really, you know, earnest about it, too. So we ate meals together, and then uh, and then the, the Friday, and then I showed uh, Genesis the scorpion, I was like, man, look at this thing, and she's like, it's just a baby one. I was like, what the hell? But she wasn't scared of that at all, but then when I showed her the spider, she was like, oh, that's scary, and I was like, oh, cool, the one I'm not scared of, uh, yes, is the one I should be scared of, so... Then, uh, yeah, Friday, we all get ready for the ceremony. Um, so I, yeah, river bass, the whole thing. I think the Romanian guy, like, he showed up and he was wearing this little silly hat, the, the dad. 
and uh, he's way more talkative now, like making jokes like in the afternoon, and I get to smell booze. I'm like, oh, this guy's had some drinks. Like the Romanian guy, yeah, yeah, the dad. I think so. Like I was like, I could smell booze on him, and I'm like, I'm like, man, that's hilarious. But then I was worried. I'm like, I wonder what kind of a trip this guy's gonna have if he's not going in, like, you know, purely whatever. But then I'm like, oh, I wish him a good trip. It's not my place to understand how it's gonna go. And also, I know they're gonna get like the lower dose. Like Percy had said that he's gonna ease him in. So it was a bit abrupt at first because Juan and I had such good vibes and it was so tranquil and peaceful and like we're you know he's such a kind soul um, that he and he was really patient. He showed me how to meditate um, and and all this stuff because he runs that meditation school. And he's like, you got to find your mantra. So I guess that's next in my life. But uh, so yeah, then Friday it's a ceremony. So now they put us on the four beds, but we're all back around the the outer edges of the hall and does everything. And yeah, both the the father son took the ceremony part very serious. So it was like good vibes going in. Um, And, but I was like, I wonder what this one's going to be about. Cause I was hoping I'm like, man, if it's back to the good times, cause they were also on the Wednesday one, the second ceremony, mother ayahuasca, she's like, you're an ambassador of good times. She's like, what you do doing comedy. She's like, you bring joy to the world. Like it's a beautiful thing. And she's like, you know how to do that. So she's like, keep bringing joy and more, you know, like be this ambassador of, of, of happiness and love and all this. So I was like, I want to, I can't wait to go back into this place. So uh, we do the drink the ayahuasca, um, lay back and then 20 minutes in and then right away, like the negative thoughts start coming again. And it's like, I'm like, oh yeah, I got to go through this again and purge it. But now the thoughts are so intense. Like it's so kind of like, oh man, you're the worst. And, I, and it just wouldn't stop. It was probably, it felt like hours and hours. And after about an hour, I'm trying to work through it and I can see the thoughts and it would be something in my, like say like my wife, I'd think about her and be like, oh, does she really love you? Like, would you, you know, you can't talk to her and maybe she'd be having an affair. Like it was all these like terrible, terrible thoughts. And then it would get to the point where like, I can't even take it anymore. Uh, and then, it, and then it'd be like, or think about it positively. Like she loves and supports you. She can't wait for you to come home. And then I would just, you know, my vision would kind of go brighter. And I think it was just sort of demonstrating that dichotomy of like, this is how life, the same thing in life can be viewed like very differently. Yeah, if you're just uh, being super negative about it or super, but I kept doing it and I was like shaking. I was so cold and I was like, oh man, I'm like, I knew the purge. I'm like, I can't wait to purge and get this thing out. But they're like, this isn't going to be like yesterday. Like you, this is deep. You have to like this insecurities you have, you have to get this out. So I'd go back down deep into like, you know, my stomach kind of thing almost or in my brain and think about like, you know, think about these negative thoughts, where do they originate from? And it showed me like times in my childhood because I grew up at like really rough schools and like, you know, I, I moved a lot. So you'd be new to school. People would be like, Hey, come sit at our table. And you're like, Oh yeah, thanks man. And then you realize it'd be like a prank. Like you'd sit in mayonnaise and then you'd be like, ah, you just done your, that didn't happen to me, but probably something similar to that. And I was, and it just would show me these times of people like reaching out an olive branch and then like stabbing me like, and they were like, and I think I was, I really was like a sweet kid. So I just like was really naive and like, Hey, you people are friendly. And then I'd fall for it every time. <laughs> so, and that got kind of hardened as I, you know, went later into life, but I still have this like extreme desire to protect people like from getting bullied or I hate that. Like I've, I've seen that in you too. I've actually remember seeing that. Yeah. Like I'll like fight. Like it's insane. I just makes me furious. Um, so then, yeah, so it kind of was showing me a lot. It was really difficult. And, and then the purging thing, Percy's playing the music. And I'm like, oh, man, here it comes. So get up, uh, run to the toilet. And then this time I actually do puke. Like I can feel it come like took a couple minutes. And I'm like, well, not much. Like just like a tiny thing. And it was just like, you know, like acid. And it's like this is the negativity you got to get out. 
and then I felt a little bit better, went and laid down, but then it started again, like the negative thoughts. And it was just like everything in my life. And then I'm like, man, Genesis and Percy, I, sometimes they'll have a quick conversation, like during the ceremony, yeah. he'll check in with her. And, uh, and I just could imagine them being like, what's he doing? Like he's screwing up this whole ceremony. None of us are having fun because this guy can't open his mind and his chakras, like my, the ones, <laughs> like my fifth or my third eye, like my sixth chakra, the, the top of the head one, like it was just like blocked from his negative thoughts. And, and I was like, oh man. And then it's like a deeper purging and I'm like, okay, I got to go back. And then that second time I go to the bathroom, Genesis is just, just there holding the door for me. Like she knew. I was going to go and I'm like, okay, oh, I can, shit. yeah, She's so good. So I like go back and you know, Juan's having a, a rough time too. I can hear him like burping, farting. I didn't have any of that. Um, so I just go and then I'm like, wow, like I just try, I can't get it out. It's like tied, like so deep down into me and I'm trying to make myself puke, but nothing's coming out, nothing's happening. And then it would kind of go away and then it would like build to the music again. And I'd go deep down and be like, okay, get it out. And I'd like forcing it, trying so hard, wouldn't come out. Then I go lay back down and I like again shivering cold. I'm like, when will this end? And I lay back, going through all these processes, negative thoughts, self doubt. And then I was, and then I felt like it's gonna puke again. I'm like, if I have to puke this, I'm just gonna grab this bucket. Like I don't want to walk back again because it's so hard to walk when you're like yeah. high and stuff. And then laid there, and then it, then I just kind of had the conversation with Mother Ayahuasca, and she's like, look, you're in this world now. Like you live here. You're, I'm always with you. So she's like, this is your world. Like to do what you want with it. But, uh, and then she's like, but this negativity in you, it's like very deep rooted. So you're going to have to work to get this out. And then I was like, yeah, I promise I will. And it's like, it's like, it's going to take a long time and you have to be very conscious of when every time you have these thoughts to shut it down and to, because it's part of you. And then, uh, you know, I was like, okay. And I think also it's part of like that merging this shit, your shadow self with like your, you know, your other self and all your ego and all those things and, and trying to become this one complete person. Think about all that. I'm like, okay. And I'm like, now can we get onto the good part? And she's like, yeah, of course. And then came in, but it wasn't um, all like lights and like good times. It was like a very kind of, and I think I've done some reading after that the ayahuasca, the feminine world's like very, it's much more dark and it's very more like intense in your feelings. So it kind of felt like we were underground this time and everything. It was still beautiful. Like it was like dark purples and stars. And um, sometimes Mother Ayahuasca would kind of be like a cat shaped thing too when I talked to her, but then also she would be the universe. And then, she kind of opened up again as the sky or the, the stars or and, and everything. And then was like, okay, you're here now. And then I was feeling good again. And I was like, all right. And Juan's just like, you know, having a rough time over there. And uh, the Romanians seem fine. There's, I didn't hear anything from them or, or notice them doing much. So I go back and then mother, I was just like, okay, like, you know, now you're here. You know what you have to work on? She's like, do you have any questions for me? And I was like, what? She's like, ask anything. So I was like, okay, like what's the meaning to life? And then uh, she would just show, um, like just times in my life where I was like really happy, say like hanging out with friends, having a great time. She's like, it's these moments that are the meanings to life or like, you know, times where you've been in love and you're like, you know, truly happy. And it's like, you need to get as many of these moments as you can. You need to make life this is my end for others too. like, you know, spread this joy, like happiness. That's being kind. That's what it is. It's like, it's much easier to be mean and be evil, but it's a shorter, easier path, but there's no reward to it. And it's not, you know, long-term and, and all this and, and enlightening. So 
I'm like, okay, cool. And then I remember at one point I was like, okay, what is true love? And then Juan's just like, like the biggest fart. <laughs> Even where Mother Ayahuasca laughed, like all the spirits just started laughing so much. But I was like, that's one answer. <laughs> like, but I was like that. And then it showed me like times you're happy and that, you know, love is as much as you're giving into the relationship. It's not, you know, it's like two people coming together not to be like double or twice as strong, to be like infinitely strong, you know, like pumping each other up you know, helping each other grow in every part of life. And then it was just like, she was like, I'll show you. And then just went from like my first relationship. And it was like my first kiss with my first girl friend, Debbie, like, and I relived the whole relationship, like not, but like just bits of memories. I didn't even remember I had being like, yeah, Oh, yeah. we went here and went that. And then it was kind of like to where it went south. And it wasn't like, it just kind of got sad, but it was just like, Oh, this is where you're, you're growing apart. And this is why. And then I'll be like, okay, goodbye to that girlfriend. And it'd be like, Oh, and your next one. And it was, it was just like a, lined up for me and I went through all of them where I was like oh my god like kind of things and you know there's like some bad relationships some great ones and I got to my wife and then you know showed her and like you know she genuinely cares for you and all this stuff and then and then at the end of all of that um you know mother asked because she's like I was all of those girls like I was all you know all of them and I was like even the crazy one neighbor that tried to kill me and she's like yeah I was her too, but she's like, because you went into that relationship with, you didn't have true intention. So it's always kind of a reflection and a manifestation, a relationship of what you're going into it with. So the ones you went into it, you know, with true intentions and with love, you know, were good relationships and ones where, you know, you weren't, or you were, you know, do, doing other things or you weren't fully invested, then, you know, it, this is how it ends. And then, so yeah, that was like really enlightening. It was just kind of like, you know, put everything you can into the relationship and then that, will come out and you'll help the other person grow. But, and then, yeah, she was just kind of like, I'm in everything. So then I just laid there asking like more questions of life and she answered every single one. Um, and it would be crazy. She'd be, it'd be, I'd be like, what is this? And it would just be like, kind of go into like a new vision and I would sit through all that. Um, but the trip wasn't like quite as strong and like insane where it was like, I was just kind of in the world. Whereas the, Wednesday one was like a, yeah. a, a oh, ride. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, it was yeah. like a theme park where it's like we're going through like you're on a uh, like a train track of good times, and this one was much more like intense and and deeper and and, and kind of um, yeah, kind of feel my roots into the ground and like nature and all that and the animals and and like the Wednesday this this like yeah little leaf bug thing I like was dying on my floor, so I like took it out to the thing and it, it showed me like you know how important life is, but this was like the the Friday one was just like much, yeah, more talking about like death, but then death wasn't sad. It's just like something that happens and, you know, it's recycled back into the energies of life and it's all important. Um, so then that ends. And then I remember too, the Thursday, I forgot to say, uh, we went for dinner and I forgot to bring my flashlight. So we had our dinner and it gets dark there at like 6.15. So then uh, well, I was like, oh, it's I don't have my flashlight. And one's like, oh, I'll walk you back. And he had like a little wrist flashlight, but he takes it off his wrist and ties it around his forehead and turns it on, and I was like, oh, after that first ceremony, it was just his forehead light. I was like, <laughs> <laughs> just a regular guy. I'm like, he's a golden god! Like, it's just like his, yeah, his forehead light, so then, but, uh, so then I see Juan, he's, you know, still like, yeah, he was like a hell of fart and bourbon, and then, and then we, like, the ceremony ends, and, you know, Percy did the extra things, and, and, you know, the leaf things, and I think the Genesis did a thing with, like, a almost like wind chimes kind of things like, ding, yeah, like around yeah. and it just was sounded insane. It was so cool. So then, uh, yeah, then after that, and then 
didn't pull the mats up and be like, let's hang out. There's like ceremonies, everyone, good breakfast is at eight. Thank you, everyone. And like, you know, hugged everyone or um, Genesis and Percy and was like, thank you guys so much. And then I went back, um, to, like walk back to my hut and the same hallucinations were happening. But now it's just perfectly calm. I was just like, fine. So then I went back out, watched the stars. Um, yeah, went in and I just like laid in bed. And I think uh, um, Juan had mentioned, you know, if you do yoga, like some intense stretches, you can prolong your your high on ayahuasca. So I was like doing chin-ups on the rafters. And it was like, and then I, and it was, like came back in full force. So I just laid in bed asking like mother ayahuasca questions. And I was like, man, I don't want to leave here. Like I love this world. And then she's like, yeah, but you have to. You have to go back and you have to work on these things. And I felt like kind of like uh, – disappointed in myself that I couldn't purge those, like the fully get rid of the negativity. But then, then I, I yeah, I kind of understood the day after that it was like, yeah, um, you know, that's something that's going to be a lot of work and something to work on for next time, I guess. So I, there's part of me wants to go back right away, but the other part's like, Hey man, now you know what you got to work on. Like, and yeah, and don't, uh, that don't ever think about it like that because like I've done it so many times now where I've had a couple trips where it was not very good. And you come out feeling like, oh, fuck. <laughs> but that's what ayahuasca will do to you. If, it, if you come back to it and you didn't learn from what they told you last time, it's going to be like, hey, buddy, fucking I gave you the answers yes. last time. And you fucking know what you had to do, but you didn't do it. And fucking go and do it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, All right, and then you go and do it. And then you come back next time and then it'll open your world a little bit more. Yeah. Where it's like, okay, now this is the next process. This is the next thing. But I love that. I love that it fucking showed you that, hey, some of this shit's deep down. I, I fucking, I kind of had the same feeling because how you said when you were purging that negative energy, that negative thoughts, it was like you're trying to throw it to the beginning of the universe. Mm -hmm. You're trying to throw it as far as you can because that is a big thing with ayahuasca uh, that I felt like after you come out of it, you you felt like you let go of so much negativity. Yeah. So much fear for me, or it was fear and anxiety yeah. that I let go of, but it will come back. And, um, the whole process of your, the whole process of whatever we're doing, whatever our spirituality is, is trying to gain more awareness of this over time so that like we can see that negativity in real life and be able to, see it right away and hopefully bring awareness to it so it doesn't fucking take over our life and yeah. when it comes back we don't allow it to have the same power that it used yes. to yes yeah exactly and i think the and what you said too because they say like all negativity any bad thoughts is usually the the kernel of that is fear like it's something you're scared of it's the, you know it's a fear of your own accomplishments or your own abilities or, or something. So now those thoughts like say if you know in comedy it's it's such a weird thing because it's it, you know it's this amazing brotherhood, sisterhood, family thing with all these comics where you just, you know, like, you know, I can see you anywhere in the world and we know what we've been through. We know the shitty gigs. We know how hard it is to go to strangers and be like, Hey, I'm going to be funny. And you know, it's such a, a beautiful thing and, and, uh, and the camaraderie among that. But then there's also the other part of it where it's like, fuck, how did this guy get this festival? And I didn't get this shit. So, um, and, and I've got like nothing in common, a few things, but it's, it's, uh, uh, but I always felt like, hey, you know, I've got a lot of time to do this. I've, I've got to get better. I've got to develop as a full person and comedian. And I started later in life than, than a lot of people. Um, so I never pushed myself too hard with that. But even those negative thoughts were, you know, somebody got this. I'm like, good for them. Like, you know, good for them. Like, it's great. Like, why do you 
have any negativity. Like you, like, wow, they don't deserve it. They're, why? Who cares? Like, it's an opportunity for everyone. Their parents are going to be super proud of them. Like, you and, know. and dude, I fucking still, I know I, I still fucking suffer from that once in a while. And like, once I do ayahuasca, I'm like good for a few months for sure. <laughs> but you're right. Like uh, life and circumstances come back. And that's why you need some sort of spiritual ritual that you do every day or something yes. like that. That's why meditation or whatever, like there's more than meditation, whatever kind of discipline that helps you kind of center yourself because it allows you not to get swept up with that fucking negativity. And the, your phones, like for me, my phone, sometimes I just start looking at fucking social media oh, yeah. or fucking whatever. And that gets my negativity flowing. And then that negativity goes into other, other, other things. And like, I need to fucking, that's something you need to watch. So like, uh, yeah, you fucking, yeah, it's, it's interesting. Eh? Yeah. And I think, uh, that thing too, with the phone, like right before I went and did ayahuasca or like a couple months before I lost my phone and I just didn't get one for a month and it was amazing. Like, you know, the anxiety of having to check it every two seconds. And I mean, it, I did have a lot of anxiety of like, Oh, are people worried where I am? But I messaged a few people on Facebook and just said, Hey, just so you know, I'm not dead, but I've lost my phone, but I was just in no rush really to get one. Cause I kind of enjoyed that peace and that separation. And then obviously being on the ayahuasca retreat, being completely off the grid, I think it took two days for the sort of that anxiety of like, Oh God, does my wife think I'm dead? And, and everything. And then, um, and then you just accept it. And yes. You yes. Accept yes. That you're fucking nowhere. And, and you're fucking, that's where you can get to such deep levels of silence in yourself. Yeah. It's so fucking, like, it's so healing. It's, it's that, that's actually one of the cool things about going to the fucking jungle to do it and going to a place like that. And I couldn't imagine it with you because you had no English speaking. It's <laughs> like, with me, I was kind of like the one lady who knew so much about ayahuasca. I was constantly picking her brain. Oh, why yeah. Why do they do this? Why do they do that? Which was cool. You get to learn it. But with you, you probably fucking went even deeper into that introspection just because you were fucking, you had no choice. Yeah. And then, and also the meditation, like I had no idea about any of that stuff. And I read a whole book on it that was out there because I had the little bookshelf. I read two and then, you know, then I started being like, okay, let's try to meditate. And just that, that process, the very basic part of it, concentrating on your breathing, being present and, and letting your thoughts kind of flow through you to, to ideally where there are none. Man, how hard is that? Like I can't even go two minutes. So I've, been meditating every single day and that, that's something 10 years ago I don't know if I would have the maturity where I'd be like this is dumb but now I'm like man do it like yeah, you know what yeah. how like it's a challenge to be like get your mind where you know because my thoughts are always spinning and I've already got 10,000 things going on in life so I'm like just quiet all that and and uh I think that's that's really sort of my next journey or the next thing I do and, and I'm eager to go back and do ayahuasca again and you know wherever I go um I think the um Genesis or you know she just wrote me today being like can't wait for you to come back you know, like uh, on Instagram so you know I, I feel like I really connected with them and it, it was like an awesome experience so I do want to go back there to do it but it would be great if I went with maybe through some other English people there uh, that, that part of it too um, but yeah it, it's so cool to be like okay this is what I got to work on now um, and and that it is sort of healing and and when I ha was having the Wednesday trip I was like man I'm gonna take out all my money and I'll pay for all my friends. I'll rent the whole place out and bring everyone because I'm like, this person can have healing for this. this person can have <laughs> and then the Friday, I was like, oh, that was a really difficult one. I'm like, I, I wouldn't want people, or I would only want people to go through that when they're prepared and they're excited. And that's uh, like when people ask me about doing ayahuasca, that's always the thing. It's like, 
fucking, if you're prepared, if you're ready, fuck yeah. Like, I, when you told me, I could tell, like, you were, you were ready. Yeah. And, like, another person, like, reached out and, like, uh, after a while of talking with them, like, yep, you're ready. Like, fucking, I'll, uh, get you out there. Yeah. And like, I, uh, yeah. And I, I said that to person when I left, I'm like, should I tell everybody about this or should I tell just my friends or people? And he was like, he was like, tell everyone. Cause I, I'm very confident in my ability to heal. Like I've just been doing this for so long. And he's like, mm-hmm. so it, yeah, I, now if people come up and they want to know about it, I'm happy to describe it. So then I probably would encourage them. Like, look, if you're yeah. already intrigued by it or if that question's inside of you do it like but and if you're going to peru you're gonna fucking like take it seriously if you're paying the money you know you're paying good money to go there you're taking a week off like i don't think like you'd have to be kind of stupid to do all of that and be like oh i'm just gonna fucking drink my face (laughs) off until like the day before ayahuasca like you know what i'm saying it's just like it's 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 kind of stupid to pay that kind of money and take it so not serious it is yeah and even if you just did like there's a lot of local ones that i think are pretty legit popping up i know there's one of the preeminent scholars on ayahuasca has a thing in in kind of maple ridge near vancouver so those places exist and even then if you're you know save you a lot of money or be cheaper but still take it as serious i I do and like i do it in canada a lot as well but um yeah and like hey every time you do uh like i know like a lot of times when you do a few things of ayahuasca like you just did sometimes you come out of it with something new right and like with you it seems like meditation was a thing like shit you had some books there um your whole thing was about questioning your thoughts and being very aware of your thoughts so, yeah like, this is showing you like a lot of times it's like you come out with a new skill or something that was like all right now fucking um like uh this is what you should be doing now afterwards and like, yeah. now it seems like you're you have like a new practice and this is this practice is just going to help you grow more and more and it's just something good for you keep it up because i promise you like it's going to be something that's important for you in whatever your next stage of growth is yeah and, uh, yeah. and if you when you do ayahuasca again which i pro i bet you you will, oh, I will and sure. it might uh, who knows if it's a year who knows it's two years whatever happens fucking um this process they'll they'll be like ah you started meditating and you kept meditating and here's a new thing now or here's a new uh direction or new uh, amount of awareness or openness that you can fucking use um in life yeah like honestly the same thing happened with me my last one uh when i did my uh, uh ceremonies out in mexico it showed me like it opened up like curiosity in me and it like showed me like fucking start this podcast like you've you've been talking about it start it do it and just keep doing it and like since then like i've been doing it i'm on episode like over 70 now and fucking um even i've had so many hard times with it where like i'm just kind of like oh should i keep doing this like you know and like in my head i'm like oh it hasn't taken off as much as i wanted it to but at the same time, it's like, um, I actually know, like, just this whole discipline of constantly doing this has helped me out so much, just kind of discovering myself. And I know there's, like, an extra step in this with, like, uh, I'm supposed to grow with this podcast. Yeah. Like, so it is one of those things. When, when you get something from ayahuasca, fucking make sure you have the discipline to do it afterwards because... Um, afterwards is when all the real work starts and like a lot of shamans say that it's like you do the ayahuasca trip there's a lot of real work in the ceremonies because it can be fucking tough yeah but afterwards is when the fucking real work starts like are you going to actually change are you going to actually bring that change into your life 
Yeah, and that's when it's sort of on you, right? There's nobody else at that point. It's just you back in the world. And I did love, you know, during my visions that, you know, Mother Ayahuasca was there. And one thing I really struggled with recently, too, was kind of quitting drinking and just, just you know, I'm a 40. I still love, like, drinking is my favorite thing in the world. It's so fun. But I realized I was using it for a crutch, for, like, social anxiety and to get myself into a place where I'm, like, comfortable in social situations. So, even before, um, and even at the beginning of COVID, before I had my ayahuasca trip cemented in at all or anything like that, I went like did like sort of three months off there, and just really like focused on the anxieties and, and the feelings that I was you know killing with booze um, to kind of lo- allow me to have a good time. So doing comedy dead sober, which in ten years of doing it, I'd really never done. I would always have a, a handful of shows, but I'd always have like a beer or two, and I think even just the beer with the comfort of that um, was enough. So. It was like really hard at first. I was, you know, I can see my hand shaking when I'm doing gestures. Like my crowd work was brutal. Like, you know, somebody would say something and I was just like, uh, yeah, yeah, like, like, yeah, yeah, I know what you're saying. Because I wasn't present, I guess. And, and, you know, I'm sure you know, like the times when you're fully killing in comedy, it's just you get in this weird kind of zen zone where you're just, you're fully present. Yeah, like you're yeah. on that stage, you're crushing everything everyone says. It's like you already knew they were going to say it and you come back and the laughter and everything, you know, premises are getting laughs, like that level. And it's like, oh, you know, sometimes I can achieve that a lot, a lot of times with booze too, kind of artificially going up where I'm like full confident. Yeah, I'm going to crush. But to get into that without the booze and just, and I'm, you know, it's only been three months on this little pathway, but, uh, but I'm enjoying shows like way more. I'm, I'm excited to perform and I don't need to be like, okay, I'll drink this beer here. I'll drink it because I don't want to get too drunk, but I want to get, you know, that two, three beer buzz. Like it was just such a ordeal. And then if I'm doing a week of shows like I am right now, it, you know, that starts, this one's Monday to Saturday by the Thursday, you know, just hangovers and drinking through that. And like, it's just, yeah, you it's know, it's so, affecting your performance. It's and a, so yeah, a hundred percent block that. Yeah. So I'm super excited for all these new things, but it is so challenging. It's like, it's, it's, it's and it's nice to kind of have somebody in your corner. That's like the spiritual thing, but it's also you in a weird way. You know, it's, it's fucking like, weird. I yeah. know. And you don't know what it is. Cause like, I know how when you're down in the jungles, they all say, it's like, Oh, it's the spirits in the spirit world. And like a part of you is like, Oh man, maybe it's just in, me but like you just don't know you just don't know like uh you fucking when you're in there you're like yeah these are some motherfucking spirits <laughs> like, yeah, i'm like that was fucking spirits for sure yeah. like because i think not, i would even ask mother ayahuasca i'm like are you real and she's like what do you think yeah like, like, yeah, yeah you're real dude <laughs> yeah. like motherfucker i just like healed you of your fucking negative thoughts you're gonna ask me if i'm real <laughs> yeah it was yeah it's nuts and, and then all, all the stuff too with like the the Shamanita and, and just her being able to show me exactly what I've seen and then like on her phone this picture and then I've googled like so much since then trying to find similar to find that picture first of all like I mean I know that's a very common symbol and very common um, vision for people to have more or less but it but exactly how she showed it I was like man that that's just insane and I you know I, I can't not believe in that where there I know a lot of skeptics and stuff are like I want to see evidence I was like man this is enough evidence for me like either this is the most elaborate prank and and sideshow which I'm also fine then to believe in that if they're that good at tricking me but and a hundred percent man like the skeptics um I complete completely understand the skepticism until you try it. Like, yeah, if you're not I like know. you know, like uh, when you try it and then you're still skeptical. Then I'm like, all right, you you tried it and you're skeptical. Like, I will fucking give you that. Then you're yes. like, uh, I'm completely cool with your skepticism, but like, I was skeptical and then I fucking tried it and I was like, ooh, like it. 
ayahuasca made me a spiritual person where it was like, oh, um, like spirituality is fucking very important. Like that's what ayahuasca made me realize that like it has to kind of be something you that's a part of you. Um, yeah. You can't like be spiritual once in a while. It's like it has to be something that's a part of you because if yeah like it like how he was teaching you the lessons of like just being loving spreading joy and like how this is what life is worth like ayahuasca just always fucking tells you like what is important in life this is important this and then and and it can help you with your senses like it'll give you different senses Mm -hmm. like and like the whole array of what senses are is just a spectrum that we have no fucking idea of like how fucking powerful our minds are right and like yeah so like it's kind of weird like i got like when like the last time i did it like curiosity like that's a that's just a type of sense in you. Like I'm just very curious and that makes me a better podcaster and it helped bring that out of me. And like, uh, you have your own different senses that it helped brought out of you, which is a completely different part of the spectrum. It's just like, you just don't know about it. But, um, all right, man, we went over way more than I thought, but like, this was such a good one. Um, I got to ask you the question of the podcast, fucking Chris Griffin. God, yay. Or name, gay dude. Say gay. Call gay. gay. <laughs> <Cause> gay. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I would say there's there's a god, there's a spirit. I think we touched on that enough, but yeah, um, um, but that would be hilarious if God just like, yeah, I'm gay. Figure that out, Republicans. <laughs> so, um, but uh, yeah, and I'm sure God is gay and all the other things there is, because uh, yeah, I don't think anyone should worry about how they feel. But yeah, I, I, I was, I'm infinitely more, not really, because it, it just reinforced stuff I kind of had a feeling for. I've always felt there's a force in the world and of goodness and, and good energies and good vibes. And uh, yeah, I, I think there's something out there. Um, I'll also tell my favorite newer story uh, to end the podcast. Uh, like I remember when you came through Vancouver and uh, I just started going gray in my beard and then you were, we got blasted drunk. And then at the end of the night, you were like, buddy, do you, do you dye your beard? And I was like, no, newer. Why would I dye my beard gray? And he's like, oh, it looks sick. I thought you dyed it. And you're kind of disappointed. And I'm like, why would I do that? And like, it looks cool though, man. I, I, I wish I could do that. And then, uh, and then we saw each other the next day, but it was the end of the night. You were black and drunk and we got drunk again. And then at the end of the night, you're like, I think you'd forgot you'd asked me the day before. And you're like, Griff, do you dye your beard? And I was like, yeah, man. And he was like, I fucking knew it, dude. And, you're so happy. <laughs> and I was like, right on. Um, yeah, but uh, now I got a lot of gray. So here we are getting older, but I think we're on the right track, man. Hey, man. And like uh, both of us have quit drinking at the moment. So yeah. and that's a, I think, uh, yeah, blackout drunk days are kind of uh, behind us. But uh Yay, man, it's all about growth. It's all about fucking uh, growth, man. It's about uh, finding your place in the world a little bit, making it easier for yourself and others around you. And fucking, yeah, yeah spreading that love, man. Follow your heart. Like you said, follow your heart. Follow your Should heart. Should I name the episode that? Follow yeah. your heart. Dreams <laughs> come true, dude. <laughs> all right, buddy. Uh, Chris, love you, buddy. Thanks love a lot too, for man. doing this. Good to hang. All right. That was another episode. Thanks for listening, everybody. Please like and subscribe to the podcast. Give it a good rating. That always helps. And share it with like-minded people. I really do appreciate that. You can check me out at NewerKidY on Instagram. Or check out my website, NewerKidY.com. You can see my comedy. You can see my comedy dates that are coming up. 
and all that other information. We're part of the Comedy Here Often podcast network on 604 Records. But I'll see you next time on another episode of God Yay or Nay.